It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the season of NASCAR is winding down, and the racing season for the short track series is getting ready to heat up with big paydays. And this week on Southern Race Week, IWB, a.k.a. William Barber, and Alfie are going to get you up to speed on everything you need to know. NASCAR, NHRA, short track, super speedways, you need it. We got it. And we got it all right here. Thanks to Food Depot grocery stores. And whether you're looking for us on your favorite radio station, we're live right now, or you're looking for us on your favorite podcast location. Don't be a turkey. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you like it. You love it. And make sure you keep following up with it. As always, we kick it off with a big shout out. And how do you do to our big friend? Not big that he's big, but he's, he's enormous in the industry because everybody wants him as their producer. He is the most sought after industry individual. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than what's going on, man. How you doing there, WB? Glad to be with you yet again this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. As you, get, as you mentioned, we're about to close out the NASCAR season soon, and HRA is going to be wrapping up here shortly. Short tracks all along the southeast will be wrapping up their seasons, and Major League Baseball wrapped up their season earlier this week, William, in case you oh didn't know. God. The Atlanta Braves won their I first championship you. since 1995 against the Houston Astros earlier this week in Game 6 of the World Series, so uh, excited for that, William, and congratulations to the Braves on that accomplishment right there, winning a world championship, the second world championship for the Braves in Atlanta, and the fourth overall for the Braves organization in their 150 years of existence, so uh, really excited about that one. Really, really well, good brother, stuff. I know you have to be excited because as I sit here and I watch you, uh, you have literally memorabilia from uh, the Braves season's uh, for all the years in uh, your background and everything else that uh, dates back to when 96 Rock was the official Brave station. So uh, I know you're a longtime fan, and uh, big congratulations to, uh, you know, the Atlanta Braves. And uh, I think this is just the beginning. I think this is just the beginning. It's going to crack open the whole uh, Georgia championship season. It's going to – it's leading off with uh, the Braves. going to go into Chase Elliott winning for the championship for NASCAR again, and then it's going to head on over to Georgia football beating Alabama. That is my prediction. And I'm sorry if I got ahead of yourself there, there, uh, the show plans there. Sorry. That's okay. Hey, don't worry about it. But uh, we have another jam-packed show, William, as I got the best of the best in guests uh, this week. In just moments, we're going to be speaking with Ted Austin from the Atlanta Motor Speedway, get the latest on what's going on in short track news. So we'll talk to him about that, the events that happened over the weekend and events that are coming up that you should plan on attending. Also, we'll speak with Dean Thompson, who is a driver in the ARCA series, but he was able to get himself a ride next year full-time in the uh, truck series with Nice Motorsports. 
So we'll talk a little bit about him joining East Motorsports next year full-time, going for the Rookie of the Year honors in the uh, Truck Series. And then we'll wrap things up with a, a kind of a, a, a very sad story. We usually talk about certain tracks that have to close up their shop after a certain amount of years. But for 70 years, Oglethorpe Speedway Park has been a part of Pooler, Georgia. And coming up, they are going to be closing their doors permanently. That's right. They're going to end things at the Oglethorpe Speedway. Tickets are available. It's going to be November um, 11th, 12th, and 13th, the final race at Oglethorpe Speedway Park. 70 years of racing comes to an end. So Mm. we will be speaking with Randall Jenkins, the PR man over there at Oglethorpe Speedway, to talk about all the activities and events they have coming up to uh, celebrate the uh, final event at Oglethorpe Speedway Park. So all that coming up for you this week on the Southern Race Week Radio program, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Rutledge Wood from NASCAR on NBC, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you, along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie, continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And even though we do focus on NHRA, NASCAR, F1, uh, IndyCar, all of that, we love to focus our attention on the grassroots of racing because these drivers who become in the top level of their uh, motorsport division, whether it's NASCAR, uh, IndyCar, they all have to start somewhere, and they all start right there in the grassroots tracks all along the southeast. And one of the many gentlemen who keep us up to date on what goes on in the world of short track action and news and information here along the southeast is a gentleman that works every single day his hardest at Atlanta Motor Speedway to provide to provide for us all the great entertainment and everything that goes on at AMS, but also provides us with the latest in short track news. Ladies and gentlemen, live from his offices overlooking Atlanta Motor Speedway, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Ted Wallstein. Wow, that was quite the introduction. Yeah. I, well, I almost had time. I almost had time to put you on hold, get up, walk down the hallway, get some copies that I just had sent down to the printer, walk back, and I still, I think, I would have had time to sit down and prepare for the first opportunity to say anything. So well, that was quite the introduction, my hey, friend. You know what? It's been a while since we've done this, uh, Ted, where we had an opportunity to get on the show here and discuss some short track uh-huh. news. So you know, I just got a little yeah. more excited than normal. I'm, I apologize for that, but. You know, I can't, I can't handle my, you know, like, you know, when I get this, this excitement, I just, I have to let it out. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, we had the Braves win earlier uh, this week. So I'm on, on top of that high from the Braves winning the world uh-huh. series. And, uh, and, you know, and, and so I'm just, I'm still excited about it. <laughs> Even though it's been a few there days, I'm still, fi- I'm still fired go. up. And, and I know for you, you're a big hockey guy. So the hockey season's going on right now. So I'm sure you're glued to the tube watching hockey going on right now. So, yeah, uh, I was uh, I was actually the other night when uh, when the Braves won the World Series, and it was good to see that happen. I'm, I'm not a Atlantan, a, a native Atlantan, so uh, having the Braves win was not as a big deal to me as it was to others. But uh, I still I watched the game. I cried. Is and, that, is, uh, t- I cried. I cried. <laughs> is that wrong? Yeah, okay, well, no, I, okay, no, it's I not was, wrong. I can tell you that uh, I got emotional back in 1991 when the Braves were in the World Series because uh, I'm a Minnesota native. So uh, when the Twins beat the Braves in 91, 
I got a little emotional. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was nice to hear. It was nice to hear uh, Schmoltzy talking about his experience in that phenomenal seven game series that the Braves and the Twins had back in 91. And especially that game seven that Schmoltzy oh. was the, the pitcher up against Jack Morris and the guys were battling back and forth into extra innings. Uh, uh, a great memory. And I'm sure that this one will be a great memory for you, <laughs> Alfie, as well as other Braves fans. Let's switch on over to because now I'm starting to get sad. So, um, <laughs> so we, we got to cheer you up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, we got a lot going on in the short track world as we approach the end of the year. Things are going to be starting to wrap up here. Now, later on in the program, I'm going to be speaking with uh, Randall Jenkins of Oglethorpe Speedway. Uh, next weekend, oh, yeah. they're going to be shutting down the facility. They got their last event coming up next uh, week. So he'll be coming up on the show to talk about that great event next weekend and the history of Oglethorpe. I know you've probably been to that track a few times yourself. Before we get into everything going on the short track news and and your results and things coming up, what are your thoughts of uh, Oglethorpe shutting its doors? Well, it's uh, it's funny to say that you you don't know my history with Oglethorpe Speedway, <laughs> but uh, is I actually operated that speedway for six years before I came here to Atlanta Motor Speedway. No I was the general manager and promoter of that track <laughs> oh. from 2000 through 2006. And uh, Randall actually was a a uh, NASCAR official. Uh, and was one of the tech inspectors uh, while I was there at the track. And Randall's a great guy. Darlene, Queen Darlene, and I worked together for those years. Uh, she's still in the office there and one of the promoters. And uh, all the Jenkins family, the Jenkins brothers, were, were officials and, and and promoters of the facility working for the Stone family. So uh, Oglethorpe Speedway Park is near and dear to my heart. I plan to be there uh, next Saturday night for the, the final race. And uh, you you mentioned that you kind of got some teary eyed and stuff for the Braves winning. I'll probably get a little teary eyed next uh, next Saturday night because uh, I'm actually choking up a little bit right now talking about it. Wow. it that that's a great facility. It has a great history in racing. Uh, in fact, I'll touch on a couple of notes, and then you and Randall can talk about it more later on in the show. But uh, uh, it was an honor to operate that facility, and uh, I, I hate to see it close. I understand the reasoning uh, that Betty Stone had and everything like that. Talked to her about it. In fact, a few weeks ago, when I went down to see the old ballpark one more time, uh, not knowing I was going to get a chance to get back here in November, um, but had a chance to talk to Betty uh, Betty Stone, the owner of the track. And uh, she explained to me why she made the decision to sell the property and, and get out of the racing business. And and I'll let her or Randall share those thoughts with you, but uh, completely understand her decision on that one. As disappointing as it is, um, Betty's making the right decision for her and her family. So sad news, um, but very happy for the Stone family. Uh, speaking with Ted Allstead here on a Southern Race Week Radio, as we discussed the latest in short track news, I did not know that you worked there for – do you have a uh, – before we get into your results and stuff – do you have a quick favorite memory of your time at Oglethorpe? Is there something that jumps out at you? <laughs> there was a lot of great memories at Oglethorpe Speedway Park. Uh, the the showdowns uh, that we we hosted with the National Late Model Series and the big parties afterwards were were always a highlight. Uh, we had a chance to run the NASCAR Goody Dash Series uh, to see asphalt cars on the dirt. Um, that was a fun event to put on. Uh, we did concerts and some motorcycle races and a little bit of everything while I was down there. And I have a lot of great memories uh, uh. from the old half mile. I was not a part of it when they, they cut it down here a couple of years ago, made it three eighths mile. It was always the big half mile while I was there and a lot of great battles and a lot of, a lot of fun racing. Well, we'll be speaking with uh, Randall Jenkins of Oglethorpe Speedway coming up here a little bit 
uh, later on in this edition of Sunrise Street Radio. But, uh, uh, Ted, why don't you break it down with us and uh, break down the latest results you've got from uh, races all along the southeast for us, my friend. Well, Brandon Overton snagged another twenty grand besting a field of 25 cars at East Alabama Motor Speedway this past weekend. It was the first time he has won the track's National 100 that celebrated its 47th anniversary. Dennis Irv Jr. was second, followed by Randy Weaver, Austin Horton, and Mark Whitener. After last year's horrendous show at East Alabama Motor Speedway, it kind of looks like things have turned around uh, under the leadership of track owner Billy Thomas's daughter, Megan. Uh, Austin Horton won the weekend's action in the limited late models, doing double duty uh, down there at the at the great track in uh, Phoenix City, Alabama. Terrence Nowell uh, won the crate late models, while Rocketman Richie Stevens won the late model sportsman division. One of the most uh, prestigious asphalt super late model events took place last weekend at the historic Nashville Fairground Speedway. The powerhouse racing team of Donnie Wilson Motorsports looked to be in control of the show early on. Drivers Chandler Smith and Sammy Smith took turns leading before both of them developed issues, which took them out of contention. Matt Craig rose to that occasion as he swapped uh, some paint with Derek Griffith and then held off a last lap challenge from Jackson Boone to claim his first win in the Crown Jewel uh, Asphalt Race. Craig uh, thanked his dad, Jeff, in Victor Lane, uh, stating that they were not even planning to race until earlier in the week. And uh, his dad called him and said, hey, let's go racing. So uh, it was kind of cool. But uh, both both Matt and his dad, Jeff, competed in the Legends Car Series. Uh, Boone, who finished second, uh, races for Fathead Racing, which is owned by former Legends Car standout Jamie Yelton. Third-place driver Derek Griffith uh, got his racing start in Legends Cars. And the two early race front runners, uh, Chandler Smith and Sammy Smith, both have uh, racing roots in the Legends Cars. In fact, all of these guys that I mentioned have been a part of the Thursday Thunder racing series. So it's kind of cool to see those guys do so well and uh, and be at the top of their game in a crown jewel asphalt series race like uh, the All-American 400 at the Nashville Fairground Speedway. Very nice. And any upcoming events that you think we should be keeping our eyes on as we wrap up this uh, wrap up the year here? Well, this weekend, of course, all the eyes are on the dirt track in Charlotte. The World of Outlaws are up there for their world finals with racing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll have a little bit of coverage of what happened up there uh, next week's show. Uh, next weekend, uh, you talked about the uh, Oglethorpe Speedway Park down in Savannah's final race. There's also a big race out at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, uh, November 11, 12, and 13. $25,000 to win for super late miles out there. And then, of course, there's the Peach State Classic at Snowy Raceway. Uh, Sonny Pollard and his family are going to pay $52,000 to win in that show uh, at the little 3-8 mile bowling just south of Atlanta. So some good racing, some historic racing, and some good money up for grabs uh, uh, this weekend and next weekend in the world of short track racing. Well, Mr. Austin, we always appreciate your time joining us and keeping us up to date on what's going on in the world of short tracks. We always appreciate your time. Hello, this is Gracie Trotter, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Salfie. Continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But we've got another special guest joining us right now on the Food Depot Zoom line as he's zooming in from an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States of America. Welcome in future driver for Nice Motorsports. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Dean 
Mr. Thompson, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yeah. Have an amazing day. Thank you for having me on here. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, congratulations. Uh, news was made this week that you'll be joining Nice Motorsports full-time next year in the uh, Truck Series. In fact, your debut will be this weekend at uh, Phoenix. So before we get into all the news about Nice Motorsports and how excited you are for next season, not only to compete for a championship, for, but also for Rookie of the Year honors, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the world of, um, of, of uh, motorsports. Yeah, so when I was around five years old, um, I was around four years old, my dad and I would always watch the Cup Series races on Sunday and watch the races. He was always a junior fan. I was just four years old, so I just like I just like to see the cars going around in circles. And um, yeah, I just got hooked with that. And when I got when I was five years old, my dad asked me like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna do a soccer team with the neighborhood boys?" And I said, "Not really." I wanted, uh, and he was like, what do you want to do? You have to do a sport, dude. And I, I told him I wanted to do racing. And so he goes, how the hell do I get a five-year-old into a race car, you know? <laughs> and so uh, we started, he started looking around. And um, I vividly remember coming into his office, and he was, uh, he was on his, he was on his uh, computer, and he found a quarter midget. And uh, for those out there who don't know what a quarter midget is, it's a uh, – basically a little lawnmower engine with a roll cage on there and you just have a five-year-old in there and you go you know it's like a go-kart for uh for ovals so that's how i got started in the racing i just did quarter midgets out in california with the orange show quarter midget racing association raced them for forever and and now you've moved your way up you raced in the arca series and did some races there and and now you're hooked up now you got the nice motorsports signing you on to compete full-time next year in the uh, truck series. So how did this deal come about? Yeah, I mean, um, I became good friends with Carson Josevar um, during my Arca West season and started talking a little bit and I started uh, taking notice of him and his uh, his team and how they were doing in the truck series. And I uh, started getting interested, you know, we were uh, planning halfway through the season to uh, move up, you know, just start like looking at different people are we doing Arca National? Are we going to do trucks? Are we going to stay in the West? Like we were just thinking about different options, what to do. And uh, Carson, Carson was telling me about how these uh, motorsports is looking for new drivers, you know. And I thought I'd give him, I thought I'd give him a shot to go talk to him. And we swung by, met with Cody Ifa at Nice, and showed us around. We talked for like three hours, which is the longest meeting we had. And um, that was I was hooked, you know, just the way they operate. The people there, they're so friendly, you know, and our values line up. What they believe in, what I believe in, we lined up. I got along with Cody real well, similar ideas, you know. So the minute I stepped foot in Nice, I was like, this is it. This is what I got to do. And we signed just recently. We, uh, when I announced my Phoenix and uh, Kansas race for ARCA and trucks, we had already signed for full time. However, the Kansas and Phoenix race, those were to get me approved for Daytona. You know, Daytona is a big track to get, get, get approved to. And I had only done West races, and the biggest track I've been on is Phoenix in a West car. So we talked to the truck series, and they were they were like, yeah, you got to do it. You got to run the Kansas Arca race, which will approve you to run the Phoenix truck race. And then the Phoenix truck race, along with an Arca test at Daytona, will approve me for the Daytona truck race next year so that I can run for a good year, you know? So it's been a long process, but uh, that's how I got started with them. 
uh, speaking with Dean Thompson here on a Southern Race Week Radio as he gets set and prepared to race full-time next year in the Truck Series with the Nice Motorsports. And one of the benefits of Nice Motorsports is you have a lot of great drivers who are there to help you along the way, teach you, maybe give you some pointers. Have you had the opportunity to speak to some of those drivers in the Nice Motorsports um, garage and, and, and kind of pick their brain a little bit of what to look forward to or what to expect for next year? Yeah, me and Carson have, uh, have began to grow, grow really close as friends. So I've been able to, you know, talk to him on a regular basis, day to day, and pick his brain on what, what's a, what should we do for Phoenix? What's a game? What's a good game plan? How do you like your car for Phoenix? Um, and just, you know, just balancing off, bouncing ideas off each other. Because I went to Phoenix in our car, and I, I knew how I like my car, but I never driven in the truck. And so I was like, well, I like my car like this at Phoenix. How do you like your truck? And we just bounce ideas. Okay, well, if you're tight and get the cars and do this, but in the long run, it's going to do this. It might make me want this, you know. So Carson and I have been bouncing ideas off each other and just, you know, evaluating what's best for Phoenix because we want to go out there and obviously we want to run. We want to run up front. I want Carson winning just as bad as I want to win, you know, and we're good buds. And uh, we'll see what happens, you know. That's the whole, I was the whole process with Phoenix was that they didn't want me to make my debut out there. And, they were a little worried about me making friends out there, you know, for my debut. And uh, I told and so unfortunately, Carson's out of the points, but I was in a race to win in a race either way. So, um, yeah, I mean, me and Carson have been working together to try and figure out what's best for Phoenix and how we both get finished one, too. Now, moving from an ARCA car to a trucks is uh, definitely a bit of a change there for you. Have you had the opportunity to get in one of these trucks yet and take it for a spin and, and kind of test it out or? Or it'll probably be the first time you head to Phoenix that you'll be able to try one of these trucks out. Man, I'll tell you, I was going to hop in a truck and make some laps, but um, NASCAR don't allow that. We uh, we're going to our first laps at the at the Phoenix practice session. Um, really wish I could make laps before that. I mean, it's not like ARCA where you can go to like a smaller track and just make laps. It's a little bit of a bigger process. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, these guys, these rookies who have been racing, just going out there and racing. With no practice this year, major, major props. Because a lot of fans don't realize how difficult that is to go out there and just go, you know. Just get in the car. You've been in only a couple of times and go. I did that once the West race um, at Colorado. Uh, practice and qualifying got rained out. So we, uh, Chris Wright told us, he was like, strap in. we got to keep going. We're just going to go. So I got in and. Well, you just dealt with it. You just got to get going. And you just got to figure it out. You know, you're at this you're at this level for a reason. You're that good. You better be able to strap in there and just get going, you know. So it's difficult, but um, it equals the playing field out a little bit more um, rather than having practice and qualifying. But I'm I'm super glad I'm going to be able to have the opportunity to practice and qualify at least for Phoenix. You know, I feel like it would be good without it um, because I've been there with the West car, but never driven a truck before, so. So, uh, well, we appreciate your time, uh, Dean. Now, if our listeners want to keep up with you, uh, follow your career as you get ready for the truck series the next year, where can they go to follow you on social media or a website, or where can they keep up to get all the, the information about what's going on with you? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Dean K. Thompson. You can follow me on Twitter at Dean Thompson 51 And my website will be going up soon, hopefully before Phoenix, maybe after Phoenix. Um, that'll be DeanThompsonR.com. Uh, well, uh, Dean, we really appreciate your time, dude, and I know you're excited and itching for next season to get into those trucks and uh, set to a full season with Nice Motorsports and hopefully not only get a win hopefully next year, but battle it out and, 
and claim Rookie of the Year honors. So congratulations. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, and hopefully we'll uh, keep in touch next year as you progress through the truck series. Yeah, man, thank you. This is Alan Cavana of the Positive Regression Podcast. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But coming up next weekend, last event going on at a facility near Savannah, Georgia, and it'll be closing its doors permanently. And such sad news that uh, whenever a great short track decides to close up shop, but unfortunately, those are the plans for Oglethorpe Speedway Park. And we are joined right now, as we mentioned, on the Food Depot hotline by one of the many people who are running that facility right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Randall Jenkins! Good afternoon. Glad to be here. Glad to have everybody paying attention and know what's coming up uh, in two weeks, November 11th, 12th, and 13th. Glad to be here. Well, thank you, Mr. Jenkins, for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. I know for you guys as uh, employees and dedicated People who have worked over the years at Oglesthorpe Speedway, I know the next weekend is going to be a, a, a very sad weekend for you guys as that'll be your final, final event. Now, you do have an event coming up this weekend, but uh, next weekend, as you mentioned, the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th will be your last events at Oglesthorpe Speedway. So for you guys who work there, not uh, besides yourself, but all the rest of the staff and crew, um, how's it been knowing that here in, in just a few weeks uh, – You'll be saying goodbye to this uh, beautiful facility. Well, everybody's been trying to uh, get through. It's kind of kind of hard to get through. Just like this weekend's our final go kart race. It'll be the last go kart race. We're going to do our points and everything this uh, Friday night. Hopefully, if the rain stays away, and then like you say, next weekend the stock car race. But everybody's kind of trying to get in here the last couple of races to see everybody and have a good time. And even um, next weekend, uh, Saturday night, the thirteenth after the race, we've got a DJ going to come out. We're going to build a bonfire here on the front straightaway. Um, just let everybody hang around and talk about the last 70 years of racing that's been going on here in Pooler, Georgia. So tell us a bit about Oglethorpe. As you just mentioned there, you guys have been around for 70 years. So uh, a great track for the local community where drivers can come out and, and show off their skills. So tell me a little, a little bit about Oglethorpe. How did you guys open and, and how, how was the beginnings of the park when you guys first opened up? Well, it started out, they uh, broke the ground in 1948 and actually opened up in 1951 with a motorcycle race in January. Then we had the first stock car race in March. Um, originally, it was drawn up as a horse track. We actually had the blueprints here where they've got stables and everything. But uh, as they got to build it, realized that uh, the pool area back then, it was the Savannah area, wasn't good for horse racing. So they turned it into a dirt track. Um, it was a half mile at that time. It has been a half mile all the way up probably till about three years ago. Um, they broke it down into a three-eighths paper clip to match everybody else because we were the only half-mile track left in the area, so everybody had to change gears to run here Friday, go somewhere else Saturday to change gears. Um, we broke it all down, so all the tracks are about the same. You don't have to change a whole lot of nothing. You can run anywhere in the southeast. Um, took the banking out so it would be more wide, three and four wide racing, so it's turned out to be pretty good, just unfortunately. Times are changing here in Pooler, Georgia, and there's just too much going on to get um, that many race fans out here every Friday night. And, and is that one of the reasons that the facility has to close, is just because of, of attendance? 
Well, that's not, that's not just the only reason, just one of the reasons. Okay. Um, we've been doing this for years. Um, Mr. Uh, Emery bought it in 1977. Um, he was in with partners before that, but he bought it out completely in 77. He uh, passed away in 2013, and his wife, Miss Betty, and the family's been running it since then. But uh, just as times are changing now, it's time to uh, turn over a new leaf, and uh, just um, they're ready to turn it loose and see what else can happen with it, whether it's going to be a racetrack or something else. We're not sure yet, but... Uh, just moving along, you know how things change over and over and over. Speaking with Randall Jenkins of Oglethorpe Speedway, as they get set for their uh, hosting their final event, which will be uh, next weekend, uh, November 11th, 12th, 13th. You mentioned you guys will have a bonfire after the 13th event. Um, is there anything else you guys plan on doing to uh, celebrate uh, the history of the Speedway just outside of that a little event you guys will have going on? Well, we've got um, some folks going to come out. Our track chaplain's got his um, wife and family is going to come out Friday night and hand out some goodie bags to the kids, and they're going to do some tickets for the kids. Um, four lucky kids will get a $25 gift card during that race, and we're going to do that again Saturday night as well. Um, we've got some shirts we just ordered in that are actually the final race shirts that has the t-shirt, uh, vintage cars and everything on the T-shirt from back from 51 up to 2021. So, uh, like I said, the DJ is going to come out. They're going to be doing some live broadcasting here from the, uh, the the facility that afternoon, Saturday, so we can get a lot of people out here and come out and just hang around take pictures and uh, hopefully have a good camaraderie and all the drivers will hang around for a little while and talk about their grandparents and all that ran here. But it'll be yeah. November 11th through the 13th, the final race at Oglethorpe Speedway, opened up in 1951. Now, Mr. Jenkins, if our listeners or anyone in the area wants to get out to this final event, how can they get their hands on tickets? You can go to our website, ospracing.net, and do it there, or you can buy them at the track that weekend. We'll have plenty of tickets. Our grandstands hold almost 4,000 people, so we've got plenty of room. Uh, if you're looking for information, you got your smartphone in your hand. We got our Facebook page. You can find all the information there. But uh, love to have everybody out practice Thursday, race Friday and Saturday. Now, about your history at Oglethorpe, how long have you been employed and been working at Oglethorpe Speedway? Um, I started out temporarily helping <laughs> as an official on Friday nights in 2000, 2001, somewhere in there, because they needed somebody to fill in. Well, that just kept on going all the way up through. 2009, um, the business I was working for closed down, or actually moved to Statesboro, so they offered me a sales job here, and I took that in 2009, then I started announcing as well in 2011, so I've been here about 20-something years, uh, moving around all over the place. And in those 20 years that you've been there, uh, the change at Oglethorpe, what have you seen as far as the change in the facility over those 20 years that you've been working there? Oh, it's been a huge, huge upgrade. I mean, we've constantly, the Stone family's been constantly adding stuff to the bleachers, the grandstands, the parking lot's been upgraded and try to keep everything a nice, clean facility. Um, the families used to be, when the families came out, the moms would stay home, dad would bring the boys out, but now it's the whole family group, mom, dad, four or five kids. I mean, everybody comes out together now, so that's, that's been a big change over the years of seeing not just dad bringing the sons out, but now mom and dad, they bring the whole family out. Um, anywhere from six years old up to... 70, 80 years old, can't hardly get around, but they're here every Friday night to see the stock car race in action. Well, 70 years of racing will come to an end on November 11th through the uh, 13th. Tickets are still available, so make sure you get your hands on those tickets before they are sold out because I'm sure you'll have a big crowd to uh, close out uh, Oglethorpe Speedway uh, in style. Uh, Mr. Jenkins, uh, thank you so much once again for taking the time to uh, join us this week on Sunday Race Degraded to promote this great final event at your Speedway. And once again, uh, we want to remind our listeners, if they want those tickets, where can they go to get those? OSP 
ATPRacing.net. Check us out online right there. You can get them on there, or you can get them here at the track that night. Uh, if you want to get them ahead of time, OSPRacing.net is a place to go for all your information. Well, Mr. Jenkins, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck with you uh, next weekend for the final race ever at Oglethorpe Speedway, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week. Glad to be here and hope to see you next weekend, too. Hey, listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, folks, we're about to wrap up this edition of Southern Race Week. Hope y'all are having a great week. We are so sad because NASCAR season's about over with, but we are so happy in the fact that the Braves have won the World Series. We are the champions finally in Atlanta. Yay! And we are so happy that y'all are tuning in and telling your family and friends Make sure you check us out on all your social platforms and all of your uh, uh, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere where you get your podcast locations. Make sure you know that we are available to you. Every week, Alfie downloads the new shows. And if you subscribe, and that's the key, like and subscribe, and you will get updates on new shows. You can listen to one interview. You can listen to the whole show. That's the difference between us and the other guys. But, Alfie, you put a, put together another great show this week, and I want to thank you for it, brother. No problem. Thanks to a Ted Austed for delivering the latest in short track news. Also, Dean Thompson, as he'll be racing full-time next year in the truck series with Nice Motorsports, and also to Randall Jenkins, of Oglethorpe Speedways. They'll have their last event ever at the 70-year history of that track next weekend. So uh, thanks to all those great guests. As you mentioned, the social media platforms, you can always like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Southern Race Week, and also follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. We're always giving you the latest in racing news, 24 hours a day, seven days a week right there on our Facebook page, as well as our Twitter page as well. So, uh, Really appreciate all those great guests joining us this week here on the Southern Race Week Radio program, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, Mr. Barber. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you at a short track or big NASCAR track near you.